I'm your host, Annie Bowles, and this is News Du Jour. Welcome back to News Du Jour. If you're new here, I wanted to start off with the disclaimer that while we promise to be a calmer space to consume the news, that's not to say that bad stuff doesn't happen. And when it does, we're going to be here to tell you about it and acknowledge its seriousness. However, we believe there's a lot more than doom and gloom going on in the world. And we will report on a range of different topics from entertainment to business to politics to art and fashion and much more. Whatever the top stories of the day are, that is what we're excited to tell you about. We're glad you're here. Hey everyone, welcome back to the News Du Jour. Today, I unfortunately couldn't avoid telling you guys for our first story about some more COVID-related updates. So when I say that COVID has gone off the charts now, I literally mean they have had to create a new chart to accommodate this spike. It has now gone so high that the graph the CDC had been using could not go high enough to show this spike accurately. So that's where we're at, folks. So many people have it right now. It is so important more than ever to be cautious and just assume that the people around you, if you don't live with them, assume that they have it because so many people do right now. Last Thursday, we had almost 3,000 deaths in the United States in one day alone. Here in Oklahoma, we're losing about 20 to 50 people a day to COVID. And they're not all elderly people. It was also just announced that Ruli Giuliani does also have COVID. Not super surprising given how much he's been out and about and doing things and given that his son also has the virus as well. But just wanted to give you guys those updates because they're super important and I needed to start the episode with them because even though there are a lot of other things going on in the world besides COVID, this is a huge thing and we have to keep our eyes on the prize and stick with each other to really try and combat this virus. For our next story, though, we have something a little bit more interesting that I'm super excited to tell you guys about. So graves were discovered at a colonial Williamsburg historically black church. Woohoo! We get to bust out our archaeological hard hats once again and dive deep into an exploration taking place at a historically black church in Colonial Williamsburg. It's estimated that actually 52% of the population in Colonial Williamsburg was black. I know, right? You wouldn't have thought that. They believe that they have discovered two graves 
and over 12,000 artifacts in this little side area off of a church. It was hidden under some cement um, that had been laid. So I want to, I'm definitely going to dive into why that cement was there. Um, But I want to go over some other things first. They found artifacts like ink bottles, dolls, coins, etc. The church was believed to have been built around 1856. Reverend Dr. Julie Grace seemed thrilled about the discovery. She was actually christened at the church in 1949 and now serves as an associate minister. She said on the subject, quote, To be standing on the same ground of our ancestors, there's no feeling like realizing that your ancestors have such an important part of history. End quote. The archaeological dig is approved by leaders of the church. The dig started in September and is being overseen by Jack Gary, who is the director of archaeology for Colonial Williamsburg. And he seems very excited about the project. You guys, he definitely looks like an archaeology nerd. If you can picture that, he's a young guy. He's got a beard and glasses, and he seems like a good person to be spearheading this project. It is understood that both free and enslaved black people met in secret to found the First Baptist Church in Williamsburg around the start of the American Revolution. It was originally called the First Baptist Meeting House, and records show a structure on the site housing this congregation actually as early as 1818. What's fascinating and really tragic, though, is that attempts were made to further hide this black church from public view in the 1950s. Not surprisingly, the celebration of a black church wasn't exactly on the agenda for the 1950s leaders in colonial Williamsburg. They attempted to hide the history of this church under the guise of, quote-unquote, preserving it. Black people were not allowed to actually partake in the community meetings on the subject at the time, so they had absolutely no say in the matter of their own historical church being torn down. And the graves? They were actually paved over in order to try to expand the church as if they didn't even matter at all. Fortunately, today, these graves are being lovingly preserved by people who respect the historical nature of this site and recognize its importance. They are keeping the excavations open to the public in order to be as transparent and accessible for questions as possible. And they hope this begins a larger appreciation and exploration into Black historical Williamsburg. Unearthing Black history in America is so important for people who literally had their history stripped from them when they were forcibly removed from their homes and brought to America. Slaves had very little with which to record their family history or where they came from, or practice cultural traditions. This left so many Black Americans with very little information about their heritage. 
That's why digs like this are so important and valuable for weaving together a picture of at least the last 100 years for the black American. What was endured, created, and treasured. For our next story, nine trials in nine months. The coronavirus has had a lot of strange societal side effects, probably too many to even understand while we are still stuck here in the thick of it. But one glaring social symptom of the virus has been the delay in the already slow-moving wheels of justice. So what is happening to everyone who has committed crimes right before and during this time of COVID? Oh yeah, they're just sitting in cells awaiting their day in court. I'm sure it feels like that day is never going to come because the end of COVID feels like it will never come for those of us who are waiting for answers from the comfort of our own homes. In the meantime, New York City and courts across the country have made efforts to mitigate danger so that proceedings can be allowed to proceed, like erecting plexiglass dividers, putting up ropes as guidelines for distancing, requiring masks, spreading jurors throughout the courtroom, and more. The problem is, people still keep getting sick anyway. There is no way to completely prevent COVID from entering the building, especially at this stage where so much of the population has it, many without even knowing it yet. Juries are harder to come by or convinced to come in. Lawyers are even refusing to partake in court cases where the room may be crowded. A trial in the Bronx was canceled when four courthouse staff members tested positive. Nearly every step of the process has been held up by positive cases across the country. And this has dramatically cut back on the number of cases being able to be tried in full. For example, in New York City just last year, there were approximately 800 criminal trials alone in the city. This year, there have only been nine so far, nine in nine months. That is staggering, especially considering that crime is actually increasing in New York City specifically. So there are tons more people entering the system, but no one coming out. Additionally, this obviously interferes with the defendant's constitutional right to a speedy trial. And meanwhile, evidence is aging and witnesses' memories grow more fuzzy by the day. But we are all operating within the confines of COVID, so there's only so much that can be done to mitigate the risks for everyone. So for now, everyone awaiting trial, guilty or innocent, will just be waiting, like the rest of us, for the smoke of this crisis to clear. And that's the news du jour. Today, I wanted to leave you with the quote, Many of life's failures are people who didn't realize how close they were to success when they gave up. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use to listen. 
A rate and review on Apple Podcasts would mean the world to us and really help us be able to keep creating the news du jour for free for you guys. You can also follow us on social media under sugarfreemedia.co on Instagram, sugarfree underscore media on Twitter, and just sugarfreemedia, all one word, on TikTok. You can also subscribe to emails on our blog so that you get an alert every time we have a new post or an announcement, and that's at www.sugarfreemedia.co. Again, that's sugarfreemedia.co. Our music is by Joey Lavoie and Nicholas Foster. Our cover art is by Hannah Pierce Photography. Our Sugar Free Media logo is by Catherine Jezik Designs. We appreciate you listening and look forward to telling you about the news again next time on News Du Jour. Broadcasting from Oh, oh. oh.